Welcome back, listeners, to Paranormal XL. I am your host, Gigi, and with me until the end is Mama Mary. It's been an intense week. We officially launched the podcast as well as a YouTube channel, so you can follow us along our adventures. The amount of support from everyone has just blown me away. Like, I know, it's kind of exciting. Super exciting. It's got us all pumped up and so many more ideas flowing through. It's pretty awesome. Um... As I say, each and every one of you guys is amazing. Wanted to give a couple shout-outs before we get started. Colin Piet for making our intro music. He did an amazing job. And a shout-out to Amanda Sutton for being the first one to join the crew. So we are pretty excited oh, about all one that. Of my girls. Yes. It was Yeah, just the amount of support from the Facebook. I know. From the Instagram, because I'm just learning how to use Instagram. It has just went boom. Like Oh, man, I'm so excited to see where everything goes. Um, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Like I said at the beginning of this, um, it's just recording of us going on adventures and whatnot. Yep. And, okay, so um, I hope everybody can follow us on our YouTube channel or subscribe because um, each week we will be going somewhere different to investigate and just kind of check out some haunted places or supposedly haunted, and it's going to be a good time. It will be. <laughs> be sure to check out our group page as well as our Facebook page. Yes, pretty much anywhere you can type in a search, just type in Paranormal XL will come up because we're kind of everywhere right now because we need the exposure. So keep listening and telling your friends and your family. Um, this week... We are continuing with the urban legends and the scary stories because there was so much we couldn't cover. And then if you did listen to the urban legend episode, it was, oh, we needed to look more into that yeah. type of yep. thing. It actually turned out a little bigger than what I, know I expected. So I was like, oh, oh. Well, there's so, so many different stories and, you know, different places, different states and different, um, different takes on the story. That's for sure. Yeah. One thing I do want to do first is... Hit back on the Slenderman um, story, but case, because some of my information that I said was not correct, so I do want to give you guys the right information on that. Um, it is an urban legend, but with that real-life case that happened with those girls, um, it was uh, on May 31st in 2014, um, there was two 12-year-olds that lured their other friend into the woods and stabbed her 19 times in an attempt to impress the fictional character Slenderman. Um, she did not die. Wow. Could you imagine having to survive after that and knowing that... Your friends did that to you? 19 times. Yeah. Not once. Not like, oh my gosh, whoops. Uh, you know, uh-oh. No, 19 times, which is absolutely insane. Um... Uh, she had crawled to the road where she was found. Um, she recovered after six days in the hospital, which was awesome wow. for her. Yeah, which she bounced back. Um, the, um, the two girls were found not guilty by reason of insanity. And then by February 2018, convicted and sentenced to long periods in mental health institutions. Well, like I said, the one showed um, no remorse whatsoever. She almost kind of, if you look at the pictures from the case, if you... I get look into any of it all. She just kind of had a smirk on her face in some of the pictures and that they got. Now the one did. She was. You could tell she felt bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a very. I don't know. That's why I don't want to cover get too much into it because it just makes me so upset and so sad that a twelve year old had to. Go yeah, I can through only that, imagine but. what um the rest of her life is going to be like. That's mm -hmm. a. But for a mythical story or urban legend to have that much control over somebody is a very scary thing when you think about it because of, of the urban legends that we have talked about including the ones that we haven't 
like if that got into somebody's head that deep for them to do something that horrible like I'm actually surprised that more people haven't blamed their horrible actions on other things yeah 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 yeah, well when I think about that little girl I can only imagine what she feels like like can you imagine being in that position and being stabbed and what it feels like thinking that um this is it I'm gonna die well that's that's just, exactly, um, and the Slenderman. He there's a creator of Slenderman. It it's Eric Knudsen. Knudsen, um, you know, he came out and said that he was deeply saddened by the tragedy and stuff like that. Like, but that was just a story that, that he made, made up. Yeah, yeah, and it wow for that. That's mind blowing. Yeah, it is. And see, that's where we'd end up getting into psychology of things. That I think psychology is very interesting to get into people's minds and stuff. Like, we just say, oh, they're crazy, blah, blah, blah. But why? Like, I want to know why. Mm -hmm. What what makes them tick? What, you know, like, where's their their morals? Where's their scruples? You know? Oh, yeah, because what makes one person unstable, something else completely different would make another person unstable. Right. Because, you know, to a, I don't want normal, quote, unquote, whatever, person, we'd be like, oh, Slenderman, that's just, you know, it's a scary story to tell around the campfire. Mm -hmm. You know, you think nothing of it after you hear it, blah, blah, blah. But then, wow, a 12-year-old hung on to it and plotted, and wow, I, I don't know. We need to move on. <laughs> I'm going to make myself very sad. But they get, the one was sentenced to 25 years to life. So, which is, wow. That's just crazy. And then the other one was uh, 40 years to life, maximum oh, wow. 40. Yeah. That was three years. Wow. And it says, the sentence involving at least three years lock confinement. That is nuts. Anyway, if you want to look more into that, you can. It's on, uh, just type in Slenderman case into any search engine. <laughs> and that'll take you there. Anyhowson, let's get back to some scary stories and more urban legends. Have at it, Mama Mary. Well, one of my favorites, and I think we touched a little bit about this one on uh, the last podcast. But it's the, the children's playground. And it's at the Maple Hill Cemetery in Hudsonville, or Hudsonville in Alabama. And it's the largest and oldest one in the state. And it was, I think, created in 1822 and it covers like over 100 acres. And what's really interesting is they built a playground near the cemetery so that the kids could go play when, uh, you know, the parents are visiting the graves. And so... A lot of paranormal investigations have been done there. I would say that's, sorry, I would say that's a good concept. <laughs> Not in, necessarily. Well, in theory, it should have worked out good. But if you start bringing spirits and stuff into it, you're going to look over and see a swing swinging and no children around. Well, that's what everybody started seeing. They started um, going by and seeing swings going by themselves. And when they would do the paranormal investigations at night, they would see orbs coming down mm-hmm. the slides. They just wanted to... It, it kind of cracks me up because it's like a, a cemetery daycare almost. Oh yeah. But where it really <laughs> became the urban legend because this is this is true. This it really does exist, and um, where it became the urban legend is back in the 1960s they started discovering um, like abducted bodies of children around the cemetery. That's where the urban legend began, where it started to be something more of a you know a big tale is somebody was kidnapping kids and obviously from my take on it and killing them and leaving them at the cemetery just leaving them there yeah that's interesting now were, were there actual like if they people were to look back were there actual like i get cases of missing children yeah yeah and they they never found them yeah from the because it says in here that um you know, it's no wonder that it became an urban legend from the ghost stories because several, several children from the area were abducted in the 1960s and some of their bodies were discovered near this. Okay, that's what I was going to add with the, the bodies. Became oh, okay, a yeah, they kind of added on to it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, some even claim that they've actually seen apparitions of children playing on the playground. See, yeah, that would be creepy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, got another one you want to hit? <laughs> 
So we all know. Okay. For me personally, <laughs> I find dolls extremely creepy. Oh my gosh, we need brother Mike in here. Chucky. Well, Chucky, I yes. used to collect porcelain dolls. Mike freaking hated it so much he wanted to break them all. My dad had for me this beautiful case that I had them all in. And my dad got me my first one. I love that one. But anyway, Mike hated them. So, for pranks, me and the neighbor kid, once Mike would fall asleep, we'd tie some fishing line around <laughs> the one's neck. We did this one time. And we tie it to his light in his room. And then we're like, Mike, 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 waking him up in the middle of the night. And we flick on the light. Oh, man, he was so mad. I don't know how <laughs> she didn't break. We would move them around on him. Well, I mean, what's a wonder why he's scared now that I'm saying it all out loud? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we'd, like, wake him up real quick and, like, lay the dolls next to him and, like, run out. And be like, Mike, get up, get up. And the dolls, <laughs> oh, man, he hated it. But, yes, the Chucky doll. That's great. We both had, he had the Chucky doll, or my buddy, and mm -hmm. I had, I think, my kid's sister. We each had, I love my kid sister. I took her everywhere. Mike, on the other hand, after he saw the movie Chucky, which he was really young, so I don't know which parent let him see that movie, but but he hit it behind the bathroom door. Did you ever know about that? No. He no. hit it behind the bathroom door, and every time he'd go in there, he would, like, punch it and kick it. And I'm like, why don't you just throw it away? Like, now when I go in the bathroom, now I'm scared. If I shut the door and then Chucky's, like, right there, he colored all over its face and everything. And I'm like, <sighs> he hated that thing, but he refused to get rid of it, which is the weirdest thing. Well, probably he just he was afraid if it would come back or not. Uh, that's true. Just like the animal. Have you ever seen those movies? Annabelle? I have not. That's, that's, that's connected <laughs> with the movie The Conjuring. Like, in The I Conjuring, and it's a true story. That there is an Annabelle doll, and they are, she is in the museum. Mm -hmm. In a glass case. I mean, seriously, if you see a glass case that says, don't open this door, don't open the door. <laughs> just I'm just don't. saying. There's, <laughs> objects do carry energy, and it can it can carry negative energy. Don't tell me things so, like that. Well, that being said, <laughs> with creepy dolls. Sorry. No, no. This one's called Robert the Haunted Doll. Ooh. So, in 1897, there was a family um, called the Otto family, and they lived in Florida. And... They had a plantation with servants, and one of the servant girls, they offered the, the son of the family, Robert, a doll as a gift. And so local, local historians said that um, she had practiced voodoo, and that the doll that she offered Robert was cursed and evil. So, like, once Robert brought the doll into the house, neighbors, re you know, reported starting to see the doll moving from window to window, and... They would even swear that they could hear um, the doll running upstairs, back and forth, and giggling. That's creepy. And, like, the parents would come up into his room and see the, the room all a mess, and the boy would claim that the doll did it. So, this boy, as he grew up to be a man, he kept this doll, like, forever. He, he was really attached to it. He would sit in his room for hours locked in his room, talking to the doll. And then finally he got married. And I think the woman was Not Anne. to the doll? Not to the doll. Okay. But to a woman <laughs> named Anne, and he still had this doll, this doll. And she hated it. She finally forced him to put the doll into the attic, but eventually he just brought it back downstairs. And then, um, again, the neighborhood kids would report seeing this doll in the window and running it back and forth across the window. I mean, this, so this is, this is like over years upon years of time where people are telling the same story of this doll. But, and so... I couldn't imagine being the wife of that guy and being like, man, your, your doll's coming alive. Well, that's the thing is a <laughs> lot of people claim that he was just crazy. But after he passed away, his wife, she left the home and she leased it out. But okay. the stipulation was that the doll named Robert has to remain alone in the attic. Why wouldn't you bury it with him? I don't know. That's what I would have done. So there's something to that backstory that nobody really knows. Except for those two. Is that house around? I don't know. No, this is, I think this is in Alabama also. No, this, well, this is a story here. It started oh, okay. in Florida. Oh, okay. And so, like, the families who would rent the home would report hearing, you know, a doll running back and forth, giggling, 
And um, every time they would check in the attic, the doll had moved positions. You, you want to know what you do? You burn that mf -er right down. <laughs> you just don't buy a doll because they're creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I used to love my porcelain doll it's collection. It's sort of like those creepy paintings that hang on the wall, and you can well, swear that the eyes are following you. you. Yeah, <laughs> no. Like, my mom used to have this um, little painting on the wall that's, like, the back of a wagon and, and like, flowers around it. Because you looked at it just right, it was a man's face. Creepy. My yeah. Auntie Dawn, back in the day, at her house, we have to have her or one of my cousins come in and do one of these episodes with us because that house was freaking scary. They all have stories from it. So scary. I don't want to say them because I probably messed it up somehow or not get it right because they lived there. So mm -hmm. they experienced some creepy crap. I know this. Like, um, But anyway, I remember they had a, a picture. It was like a really, really old picture. I don't know if it was her husband at the time. I, I think it was like a a way distant relative or whatever, but it was at the end of the hallway. And she used to try to take it down, but, like, he insisted on it being up. But that used to creep us kids out. Like, we'd run back there, like, and with our heads down. Like, because we didn't want it looking at us because the eyes were, like, I can picture it right now. It was so freaking creepy. But, um, yeah. We'll, well have to have her in here because, ah. Oh, that reminds me of the, the article I put on our page about the haunted eBay painting. painting. Yes, I read that actually on Breakout Work. Yes, yes. What really ticked me off though is they didn't put a picture of the painting. Well, so I, I finally found know. it. I wanted to see if anybody else would um would find it. And it is a little creepy. It is. Well, you're gonna have to show me. I didn't have time. I had to get back to work. <laughs> I'll find it. But that is that's a fascinating story. And um, the man who painted that picture, I think um. It was actually a painting of him and a little girl he used to play with when he was a child. And his parents had taken a picture. And eventually one day he decided just to paint it. But literally has like, the little girl has black eyes for one. So the, that's not creepy. I don't know what it is. And then he, he's standing right next to her. And behind him is a window that's kind of black. Like they're standing in front of a storefront type thing. And then there's hands pressing against the glass. So basically, it's just kind of like um, people who bought this off of eBay, the the kids started saying that the painting was scary because the, the little boy and little girl would come out of the painting at night. And then at least two different people who had associations with this painting died within a year of each other. It's like after they handled it or had something to do with it, like a cursed painting. That's, where's the painting now? That I am not sure. I think from what I read it was um, maybe in a museum now. But it's still out there. We're not a lot of people, into that. And a lot of people have even reported that they like just bought prints of it. Just a general copy right, of yeah. it. And that when people come over to their house, it freaks them out so bad they stop coming over. Huh. <sighs> yeah, we need to look into that some more. Maybe mm -hmm. it's yeah, not too far away. Make a visit. Um, I have one. Going back to some of the states that we didn't get to hit on last last week, this one was kind of fun. Well, not fun, because they're really not supposed to be fun, but it's a mother-daughter witch story, which I thought was oh. kind of fun mm -hmm. for Mama Mary and me, because, again, <laughs> you will find out when we do the past life readings. Um, she'll be super exciting. I, I can't wait for that. Um, just to hear what what somebody else thinks I did in my, my past. See how well they know my past. <laughs> anyway, this one's from Kentucky. The Witch Girl of Pilot's Knob. Um, it was about a young girl, Mary Evelyn Ford. Um, says her grave feels a bit unnerving with a series of interlocking white crosses forming a fence around a pit of gravel and the bars appearing unnaturally bent in some places. Then you hear the alleged backstory. A mother and daughter both accused of witchcraft and burned at the stake in 1916, with the mother's charred remains being carried too far off location while the daughter was buried in a steel-lined 
coffin covered in stone and encased in crosses to prevent her escape. Hmm. See, I, I guess I never associated, like, that with keeping witches in. I guess I did mm-hmm. that for, like, vampires. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, some have witnessed to claim tiny footprints appearing in the gravel or even a young ghostly figure trying to escape the gravesite. Kid ghosts, as we know, are the creepiest of all ghosts. It kind of is creepy. Maybe she's just trying to get to that um, that playground. Maybe she wants to play with her friends mm-hmm. at that one playground. Um, the story says uh, about the gravesite, it came from decades ago and naturally increased in detail with growth of the internet. There's not much evidence that anyone was burned at the stake for witchcraft in the area in 1916. Even back then, that was a generally big news. Mary Evelyn Ford really did die of a tragic young death, but stated cause of death is... That is, but it is inflammation of the stomach lining. Ouch. It's amazing... It's amazing what a truly unnerving gravesite can do for the imagination. We still wouldn't want to be near it at night. I want to look more into that now that I... That's kind of creepy. My name's Mary Evelyn. But you know, when, when we're talking about creepy, uh, creepy ghosts, you know, children, it makes me think about uh, Impractical Jokers. You ever watch that? Yes. And but so, I'm still back on the so thing. Thanks. Sorry. Like the one guy who, um, I don't know which one's which, but he's uh, he's afraid of like creepy little ghost children, so his punishments are always going into haunted houses. <laughs> creepy. He's he just doesn't like creepy little ghost children. It cracks me up. Just a, just yeah, because he's a chicken. Because he's a chicken. That's right. That is funny. Do you want to hit another one? I I gotta take all that in from that kind of kind of hint close to home. That little story did. I know that's kind of a weird story. That, huh? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna let me highlight that. <laughs> all right, <laughs> and you go on. Well, there is one. Um, this one is called Trish Mansion, and this is a really cool story. Um, it's from the old South in um, Tuscaloosa and there's like several tragedies that happen to this family like suicide murder insanity in like less than two generations the first um the first tragedy was with the daughter Catherine she was forced to marry a man that her father chose instead of the one she really wanted to be with she came extremely depressed after the wedding her husband, however, he wasn't able to handle that his wife was so depressed for marrying him and um, returned her and their two boys to the mansion. And then he divorced her. And then she could never, like, function after that. And so eventually, um, I think she just committed suicide. Oh, so then, the, like, the second tragedy he, um, was Dr. Drish. He liked to, he was a heavy drinker. He liked to gamble, and then he eventually drove his family to, like, the brink of ruin. He just, he lost everything. And then one evening, um, he was delirious, and he ran from the bed, headed towards the staircase, and fell halfway down the stairs and died. And then, like, but some of the most interesting stories about this old mansion are the ghost fires. And so, like, there's, like, time, like, a big time was, um, when they're going to have a special ceremony and all of a sudden over like across the way they saw like one of the like the houses on fire and so by the time the the fire and everybody came there was no fire whatsoever and they had that happen quite often where they would think there was a fire and all of a sudden there was like a ghost fire and then hmm. like one of the next ones would be the niece of the place Helen she was murdered. Uh, her husband was jealous. She was pretty. She was popular. And so one morning, he just attacked her in the bathroom and slit her throat. Just like that. Yeah. What a jerk. Mm-hmm. But it's an extremely haunted place. Where was this again? I am listening to you. but <laughs> In Tuscaloosa. Hmm. I forget which state that is. I think probably Alabama. That's where I got a lot of these stories from. They have a lot going on. I know it's in the South. So we'll have to look that up. Yeah. Or if anybody else knows, let us know. Or if you know you know more, you know, 
interesting information. Hmm. It is interesting. It is. I have another one about, well, it goes back to, like, uh, the Salem Witch Trials. Apparently, I'm learning through doing this podcast, I really enjoy witches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why. Witches have um, a bad name. I like the stories, though, that it comes There are some, a lot of with. I mean, you stories. don't really ever get, like, the witch's side, because usually she, they have killed her. Oh, yeah. But... I do think they are interesting. Um, this one is from the state that I can't really pronounce real good. <laughs> Massachusetts? Yeah, that one. Because I heard it pronounced a different way. Like, if you just say it this way, you'll never say it wrong. It's massive two shits. And so I can't ever go back to anyhow, Zen. <laughs> this one is The Curse of Giles Corey. Um, this. Ah, back to the Salem Witch Trials. Um, they were pretty creepy enough to begin with. But the story of Giles Corey, who was slowly pressed to death under a series of progressively heavier rocks in an effort to extract a confession, is is unsettling. Could you imagine? No. Like, each time like he went, tell us who you work for. No. Then they throw another rock on there, another boulder, like, and then slowly dying that way. Like, ah, and... Yeah, I can only imagine. It, Ugh. Yeah, that, that's horrible. But it um, came from the legend... Well, the legend says he uttered a curse against Salem right before his dying breath. And uh, for generations, his apparition has allegedly appeared in the cemetery before something terrible is about to happen, including a 1914 fire that burned down a sizable proportion of the city. There has also been a series of tragedies that have hit the Salem Sheriff's Office. Um, see, starting with the 1990, really, <laughs> 1696 heart attack that killed George Corwin four years after he presided over the trials. Well, I don't really know if you can link that back. I mean, he had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. But I guess... I I, I would put, or I would take that as after that heart attack, after he saw over the trials, then bad things happened. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting because, ouch, could you, could you just imagine? No. <laughs> C crushed to death. Like, for a confession. Like, that's a pretty expensive. That you can't give. Yeah. That's the scary thing is they're, they're trying to pull out confessions that somebody really can't give. Right, and okay, let's say he confessed. Well, they're probably going to kill him anyway, so yeah, why exactly. not throw a, a, what am I looking for, a, a curse out there before mm -hmm. before you're going to die anyway. And it probably wasn't a curse. It's probably all that negative energy holding into that ground. That That's the reality, is you fed off the negative energy. So that's what, when you have that around you, that's what you're going to absorb. And so when you're absorbing negative energy, it makes you feel bad in general. And you're automatically going to manifest bad things because you're feeling bad. You manifest your reality. That's true. Mm, sometimes I don't like my reality. I'm not sure I manifest <laughs> that to really happen like that. <laughs> I have another short one. Yeah. Um, this is from Nebraska, Seven Sisters Road. Um, <clears throat> say, it's, it's uh, well, a creepy road where creepy things happen, but Nebraska Seven Sisters Road is particularly, <laughs> another word I can't say, unsettling with the legend telling of a young man who, following a dispute with his family, led each of his sisters out to seven different hills and hung them from different trees. Oh, um, the precise origins of the legend <clears throat> of the legend are unclear, um, but it goes back long enough and is ingrained well enough in the local culture there that it has taken into account when making highway construction plans. Oh wow! Yeah, that's something short, but that's some sibling rivalry for you. Heck yeah, and I mean not to find that road. That's why I. Why did you not to hang any more dolls over Mike's bed? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, good thing I'm never going to be to Nebraska. Oh, yeah. I have no reason. I don't have any relatives there <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> um, let's see. We got 
Yeah, these are some uh, <laughs> typical like ghost stories. I remember, you know, being young and like listening to these ghost stories, mm-hmm. and just you know, letting like liking the excitement that it gives you and a little bit of fear and you know that unknown. But one of my favorites, maybe because you know, my name's Mary, is Resurrection Mary, and she's is probably like known as the most famous driving at night ghost story. And she was first being recorded sighted at um, the, I think it's Resurrection Cemetery in the 1930s. And, you know, a motorist reports seeing a young woman dressed in white. And then uh, later she was reported being seen outside the gates of Resurrection Cemetery. And they, the witnesses, they claim that she attempts to catch a ride by jumping into the car or, running, uh, or to the running board. And then sometimes she's sighted at greater distances from the cemetery. There's even reports where um, she's seen coming out of Old Henry Ballroom and that some offer her a ride home and she disappears or some of them give her a ride and once they reach that cemetery, she just ups and disappears. And so there's really, there's no for sure way of knowing what happened to Mary. Some say that she was upset with a lover and she ran out of that ballroom one night and then got hit by a car and then there's some that claim that um you know that she was just walking home from work one day and got hit nobody really kind of knows the backstory of it but there's lots of incidences where people report seeing a woman in white mm-hmm. and sometimes she disappears or sometimes they offer her a ride she gets in she doesn't talk and then she disappears and that's resurrection mary and i remember hearing this one when i was little it always kind of creeped me out I think I could remember the book, too, that I read it from. Uh, it's a cool story. That is a cool story. I do... Um, is there another one you want to say right now? No, or, go ahead. Okay. So, with... Um, let's say, last week when we... Holy crap. Editing's going to be fun this week. <laughs> okay. So, going back to last week when we... Um, or... Sunday when we, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? Launched. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. And go. <laughs> Going back to last week when we launched on Sunday and everything kind of took off and whatnot for us, so we're pretty excited. But I um, came in contact with a young man named TJ, and then he asked me to look into black stick men. Now, oh. do you know anything? No, what I've never know? actually no. even heard about it. That's All right. fascinating. So I did look into it a little bit. Um, I will post some pictures on the Instagram and the Facebook <laughs> so you guys can kind of see what it is. Um, I, I, I don't know. Just from knowing what I know, I don't. It just seems like there is an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it would just be a shadow of something because that's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. Um says, the black stick men are a species of strange humanoid beings rarely seen by humans. They are often described as being similar to typical cartoon stick men, making them some of the strangest beings ever encountered. Hmm. So I don't know how they can call them beings if they are just... if they're just shadow figures. Yeah. But anyway, um... The appearance, black stick men are often described as being exactly identical to the typical cartoon stick man, tall, thin, and black in color. They are said to move in an odd galloping motion. Some are even said to float above the ground. Supposedly, they are two-dimensional creatures, meaning they are exactly the same regardless of what angle Oh wow, they are viewed from. A variant kind of enormous stick men have occasionally been seen in the UK. Okay. Here's some possible possible explanations. Um, a hoax, um, an interdimensional traveler, a grim reaper of sorts. Hmm. So I don't want to say anybody's lying when they say that they have maybe came encounter from one because I I have had somebody come up to me and it, or say well, that they they think they have encountered one. I'm not gonna say the oh, inter- no, you're a liar. Um, Traveler, that's the one I would go with if I, I had to pick one. I feel like it's totally possible. I think there's portals all around us that if you have the right kind of gifts, you can shift through them. I think that's how spirit comes through and leaves. I think that's why there's some places that 
you could experience a great haunting with, or a lot of spirit there in general, and a lot of it's because there's a portal there that they ship through. Sort of like um, the Gun Lake area. I've always heard that that is a very, very active place, and that's why people are naturally drawn to it. They don't, don't realize it. Have you ever noticed how many people are flocked to Gun Lake? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a lake there, but there's lakes all around us. So why uh, that lake? Why are they so drawn I have to a, that lots place? relatives that live around there. <laughs> in, I've, I've had people talk about, um, maybe it was back in the 70s, and I've had this from several different people at different times talk about an incident where they really feel like they saw an, aliens, an alien ship there. Like everything stopped, and they got out of their cars, and they looked, and they, everybody saw it. And there were several accounts of that incident from different people. And I've even had, you know, talked to psychics and mediums who have gone to that area and say there's a lot of that activity over there. People just don't realize it. Like there's a there's an energy there. There's a portal that draws that there. So I totally believe in that dimensional type thing where you can shift like that. Okay. Maybe not everybody, but maybe certain type of entities or different kind of beings. Huh. Maybe not. It's just a theory. But I think anything's possible, and mm -hmm. I don't think any of us really have a real grasp at what's possible and capable in this world. Nobody that really knows. There's so many things out there that we don't even realize. Oh, Why not open sure. up to the possibilities and research uh, and delve into it? People are so close-minded, and people are followers these days, not leaders. Yeah. I mean, you can look around and see that everywhere. Sheeple. Well, it's time, it's time to see the possibilities and that there are other things out there. Oh, yeah. But, let's see, we do have some notable encounters that I found on the website. Um, I'll read one or two of them. Um, it says, in 1982, which is a good year, that's when I was born. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> in 1982, when I was a student... In 1982, when I was a student nurse at Worley Hospital... Brentonwood in Essex, England, I encountered a stick person in the grounds of the hospital as I was walking home one night. It lopped across the roadway, having been seemingly pressed up against the wall. It stopped when it saw me and raised its arm in fright and quickly ran off into the undergrowth. It was very tall and very thin, extremely long arms and legs, and a very small oval head. Totally black and no obvious clothing, I saw no face, even through it emerged very near a street lamp, and so was well illuminated. I was terrified to this day, and no one believes me. That was from Simon Howes. We'll read one more. They're not very long. Um, <clears throat> says, you know, my sister told me that she saw a stick man, too, when she was a kid. Back then, it was our aunt's funeral, and she was sitting outside the funeral when she noticed a strange stick-like person walking back and forth above the electric wiring of the pole in the front of the funeral that... Bleh, above the electric wiring of the pole in the front of the funeral, that is. She got really frightened, and she told our cousin to look at it. At first, our cousin didn't believe her, but after a few minutes, she saw the stick man, too, and both of them got terrified. They, and they told our cousin's mom if she saw the stick man, and she said no. It took several hours, it was noon, until dawn before it faded away. She told the story to me, and I had doubts, but when I saw the article, I was like, wow, I never thought a, a lot of people saw a stick man, too, from around the world. I thought my sis was just simply crazy. <laughs> Damien Castellone. Hmm, I don't know about that one but uh the person i talked to he says he thinks that he may have had an encounter he's not going to say yes or no but i didn't do a whole lot of research on it i may just because i don't know it's kind of interesting it is kind of interesting and you really haven't heard about that too much no and so but, sorry for reading these out loud though when i was looking into slender men i'm wondering if that's maybe where that, that guy came up with that because be. Slenderman was just this tall, slender Stick figure. figure. Yeah, that, that mm -hmm. you would see. Yeah. And yeah, that was just a story, but is that where he got it from? Was from the Stickman? Well, it could be. I mean, every author or somebody who creates it, that story comes from an idea 
that was Stryker. Stryker. Or like Stephen yeah. King in um, what movie is it? The Shining. When he oh. went and stayed at that hotel in Colorado, and because of the paranormal experiences <laughs> he had while he was there, he wrote that story. That's how he came up with really that story. Yeah, that's interesting. Because mm-hmm. he know had that. his own experiences, and I can't remember. It's been a long time since I've read about it. I can't remember if it was um, seeing the two little girls. Or what it was, but he had he had experiences while he was staying there, and that's where he got his ideas from. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting man to talk to. Well, sort of just like when we were talking about that um, the that thirteenth floor, that movie. Oh and yeah. And um, and then that that whole script ended up becoming from a Stephen King. Yeah. Movie. So I, a part of me wonders maybe he pulled that from that too. Maybe that's where the idea came from. We need to talk to that man. I know. (laughs) We we need to have an interview with him on the podcast. Call us. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty excited. I have my hopes up, but not that high, but that would be pretty sweet. Uh, Our normal listeners would know how to tell him to contact us. I'm assuming our our listeners know how to contact Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah. Good connections. Yeah. Wow. So the mimosas that we chose to drink today are kicking in. I'm enjoying mine. My first time having a mimosa. It does taste good. I feel rich. Yeah. You feel rich? Oh, fancy. Yeah. Yeah. With the pinky up Mm -hmm. and drinking out of our plastic cups. Yeah. (laughs) Keeping it classy. (laughs) We do have a witch brew um, wine here, but we're going to save that probably for a different occasion. It is sitting by the cauldron. In our recruit in our recording studio, I'm having issues talking now. Apparently, by the cauldron with some Buddhas. We'll make sure of everything. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> if our listeners have seen on the Instagram or on the Facebook, you can see pictures of where we record our rec- recording studio. Yeah. Why can't I say that? Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Anyhow. Here's a funny one. I haven't really looked into this at all, but I see the name of it, and it's going to make me giggle. <laughs> and this one comes from South Carolina. It's called Boo Hags. Oh, I think I've heard a little bit about this one. <laughs> that just sounds funny. I know it does. <laughs> and it says, Boo Hags basically make traditional vampires seem like Robert Pattinson vampires. Oh. And those of you that don't know who that is. Oh, oh vampires. <sighs> yes. Um, I, I am having a block of, and I've watched them all with my daughter. Twilight series. Wow. I know, right? And I can't even keep that secret, because I'm not even going to edit that out. I used to always pick on Skylar, <laughs> because she was, like, obsessed with the first movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just figured it was a girl thing, until I read the books. And then I was just, it was all over then. Well, yeah, oh. that's, my ex-husband and I, when Destiny, when she was little, and found out that she loved it, I'm like, okay, so we ended up buying her the whole all the movies for her birthday one year and we're like fine we'll watch them with you you know it's doing the family thing you know well it turned into a whole weekend thing because about halfway through the first one we're all like and then we oh my god yeah it like caught us and then we couldn't wait to watch them all we're like no we are sitting here as a family we're watching these a couple of times we've had a little marathons watching heck yeah Uh, yes it's a good weekend it is a good weekend wow we only got through the first sentence of that sorry (laughs) (laughs) anyway boo hags (laughs) boo hag (laughs) <laughs> they're skinless beings that creep <gasps> skinless beings I wonder if they sped through what was it Nevada no it wasn't Nevada uh, you're right what state was that the skinwalkers mm-hmm. no I think, that, I think you're right they must have flew right to South Carolina lost their skin anyway they're skinless beings that creep into people's homes in the low country climb on their chest for a ride oh. what am I oh and oh. gain um uh, <laughs> so try to take their souls? And by sucking out their breath. They suck out their breath. Oh. Mm-hmm. They also have a nasty habit of tearing off a victim's skin and wearing it to keep themselves warm. <gasps> Though they'll usually just leave you short of breath and tired. That's disgusting. That is custing. <laughs> I know that's it. It's custing. It's so custing. Like, boo hags are a fixture of a... Um, I don't want to, I don't want to torture this word, <laughs> Galuha or Gigi, Gigi culture? 
Oh, Gala. Maybe? Wow. Like Gala Gala Island. <laughs> Gala culture prevalent in coastal low country areas populated by African American descendants of slavery. The creatures are among the most terrifying and unsettling among a rich folkloric history, yet seem tame when compared to the true uh, ast astro cities of the region that birthed them. This is like giving me anxiety thinking know, about this. That like was a horrible cool, one. But like, I just crazy. wanted to say boo hags. I didn't boo really want to know. It does kind of roll off the tongue, doesn't it? Boo hag. Boo hag. <laughs> you boo hag. <laughs> we start calling each other something. <laughs> hey, boo hag. What boo hag? You want to come over for some wine, boo hag? You stupid boo hag. <laughs> oh. oh, that was a low blow. I know. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> boo hag. <laughs> We're gonna be going for a the rest of the week. A fun word, but a terrible that. meaning. Yeah. Well, fun word. You're just you know bringing positivity. Uh, to is it. it skinless beings? It's got. Yeah. You turn into a boo hag after going through whatever state. I why well, can't I remember the name? So of like state. when it's Shark Shark Week, is that that make you a boo hag? <laughs> a boo hag week. We will have a boo hag week. Write in and tell us about your boo hag stories, That's please. Right. You boo hag. Oh man, we're gonna put that on everything now. Boo hag. It's a new word. It's oh, I'm hold on. Here's the clicking on my pen. Everybody remember that? that one down. <laughs> remember. Oh, I can't read or spell today. <laughs> Did I do the black-eyed children? Ooh, no, do it. With boo hag mamas. <laughs> Just kidding. They don't have boo hag mamas. Boo hag. That's completely different. Okay, <laughs> they're from Texas. Wow, apparently this is going to turn into a, um, I am really lack of words today. Southern draw type. Yeah, accent, accent today. <laughs> anyway, boo hag. <laughs> this one comes from Texas, black-eyed children. Um, scary movies consistently have people fearing old country back roads, abandoned homes, and kids popping out of cornfields. <laughs> Children no. of the corn. No. But, but there's always a but. Mm -hmm. But the black-eyed children are known to be seen wandering around totally normal, non-threatening locals like the Walmart parking lots and the Sonic drive-ins. At worst, they're rumored to put their victims in a tight situation by, uh, by starting out asking for something totally unexpected like a ride home or some petty cash. I've never had anybody ask me for petty cash. I've had people ask me for money, but never petty cash. Now, okay, right there's your key word. Do not pick up and give a ride to a kid if they ask for petty cash. <laughs> well, don't give a ride to anybody with black eyes. Well, maybe they don't have black eyes at first, though. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe they're, maybe they're like a shift, or really? Shapeshifter. That's the thing. Could it be? <sighs> hmm. Interesting. They're being a bunch of boo hags. <laughs> the first documented case of the black-eyed children. I can't say that without black-eyed children. Well, because like black-eyed peas. <laughs> yeah, that's a good group. Came in 1996 from reporter Brian Bethel, who had pulled, mm, sorry, who had pulled his car into the parking lot of an Abilene movie theater to use the bright marquee light to write a check. Who writes? Oh, this is 1996. Yeah, they still wrote checks in 96. While filing out the check, wow, wow, filling out the check, two young kids who Bethel claims were between 9 and 12 approached the car, knocked on the window, and asked for a ride home to grab cash to come back to the movie. The children, who totally unnerved Bethel, claimed they didn't have a gun. Weird, right? <laughs> that is weird. It is. I'm like between the ages of 9 and 12. I'm not a boo hag. I do not have a gun. Can you give us a ride back to our house? <laughs> I'd probably be like, no. <laughs> Before making eye <laughs> Before making eye contact and revealing coal black eyes that Bethel later described as the sort of eyes one sees these days on aliens or bargain basement vampires on late night television. Moral of the story is, don't be a boo hag, don't go speeding through the states. 
and don't pick up children with black eyes. Ugh. No. Some of these, after reading them, like, out loud, it's, um, they kind of, like, you can link them back together. Almost. If you've noticed. It's, it's sort weird. of like they carry together and they're connected. Like, each place has a similar story but their own version. Yeah, yeah. Mmm. I don't know, this one's going to be new for all of us. We'll read it, though, because it's not my nephew's name. <laughs> and he's such a boo hag. He's going to love me for this yeah, one. Hey, Tater! <laughs> okay, this one's from Vermont, the Hayden Family Curse. Dun, dun, dun. This one's right there. <laughs> okay. You know a curse is serious when it takes down an entire lineage and still manages to bother people after everyone else is dead. William Hayden was a wealthy landowner owner in Albany, Vermont in the early 1800s, but he never repaid his even wealthier mother-in-law for loaning him some major funds over the years. After much complaining, she became mysteriously ill, accused William of poisoning her, and with her dying breath said, the Hayden name shall die in the third generation, and the last to bear the name shall die in the poverty. Huh. A what a boo hag. Yeah. <laughs> She's a little bitter. The Hayden family barely made it another hundred years after being plagued with financial catastrophes and illness. Phantom music, mysterious lights, and other assorted paranormal activity is said to haunt their estate in Albany, along with the ghost of vengeful vengeful mother-in-law too she is really mad at this guy <laughs> <laughs> mother-in-laws can do that i yeah. yeah i like my mother-in-law i think she was a sweet woman and i don't know if she's listening or not i can throw that out there she's my future mother-in-law i'm getting ahead of myself well still it's the same <laughs> but i'm pretty excited i don't know not all the mother-in-laws are bad no no this one was i would say she goes under boo hag <laughs> it sounds like it mm-hmm um, it says in some versions, William Hayden was a Gatsby Esquest party boy who quite knowingly blew all his mother-in-law's funds on lavish parties and ornate decorations for his home, ah. building the family's local fame and infamy, which probably just fueled the rumor mill. But where's the daughter in all this? If that's his mother-in-law. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she was just kind of quiet and went with the, the program, so to speak. Huh. Maybe she liked all the parties and the Gatsby stuff. Yeah. says, when all the Haydens died, a wealthy Canadian family moved into their mansion and allegedly used the home for bootlegging and smuggling Chinese immigrants for slave labor. Oh. So, yeah, even if the curse isn't real, the house itself still has some dark history. Wow. Sounds like it. Again, hey, speaking of um, for... Hayden, he has his own YouTube channel. His fishing in June aquariums. He's great to watch. He's he's hilarious. I know he is. I really really want him to come on our YouTube thing with us because he is so funny. He's a character. Oh my gosh, Tater, I love you even though Aunt Sarah yells at you a lot. <laughs> well, that's what you're supposed to do. I know it's only because I love him. That's right. And I love your brother too. Hunter. <laughs> Whoa, that was all champagne. We are celebrating today. Yeah. And that's why we're drinking mimosas, because we had to have a reason to have champagne. Oh, yeah. And everybody knows why we're celebrating, so yay us. Keep listening. Um, <laughs> I really hope that we're not... I mean, some of these are getting kind of good. I guess I didn't go all the way to W's before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got another one you want to do? Or that, this is a good break? one. This one's called um, The Brown Lady Ghost of Raynham Hall, and it's a really famous ghost story that's true. Now, it's also like considered one of the most famous ghost pictures ever taken. And that was captured, like, I think September 19th, 1936. And um, there's two photographers. They spotted a figure descending the stairs, and they snapped the picture. Now, it's believed that this ghost is the Lady Dorothy Walpole. And she was in love with um, the second Viscount Townsend. But her father wouldn't allow her to marry him. So he married another woman. Now, meanwhile, this Dorothy woman, she has an affair with a man named Lord Wharton, and he's deeply in debt, and he's, which back then, they considered it a deep, uh, like a deep flaw in your personality or your character. 
you aren't trustworthy if you're in debt. And so, finally, that Townsend's first wife died. So Dorothy was able to marry him. But this Townsend fellow, he, he learned of Dorothy's past transgressions, and he locked her away in their apartments. And then officially she died on March 29th, 1726 of smallpox, but there's many locals that are around there that believe that she actually died of a broken neck after being pushed down that wooden staircase. And so she's known as the brown lady because every time that she is spotted, she's wearing a brown brocade dress. Interesting. That is, I, that is a really interesting story. And like I think um, even there's even one story where the author, Captain Marriott, and his two young guests um, one of them brought along a, like a gun to protect themselves from ghosts, which is kind of funny because like they're ghosts and stuff. <laughs> just, just the idea. I, but like know. lo and behold, um, they did see her and they tried to shoot shoot her, but they just ended up shooting the door behind her. You know, I thought about that, and I'm like, I can't carry to go ghost hunting because what's that gonna do for me? <laughs> Absolutely not nothing. <laughs> Yeah, we'll do one more here, and because I'll make this one shorter than last week, because last week went like, went a while. Well, yeah. yeah, but it went awesome. It was sweet. It was but we need to get out there and start recording for the YouTube too. Um, so we'll end with the story wise anyway, with one from Washington. Um, then we you can read your passage. You got a passage today? Oh, not today. Oh, not today. <gasps> Mary. I know, right? Ah. You want to know what? What? You don't have a passage today. You want to know what I forgot last time? What you forget? <sighs> to say my thing. Don't oh. yuck somebody else's yum. I was thinking about that all week. I was like, how could I forget that? But anyway, so you guys will hear that again after this. Anyway, <laughs> we will. Okay, this one's from Washington. It's the 13 Steps to Hell. Basically the opposite of the Zeppelin song. <laughs> what? <laughs> Stairway to heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's I know. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. The Maltbury Cemetery. Um, itself, the subject of rumors associated it, associating it with Satanism, is rumored to include the subterranean tomb for a really creepy rich family that could be accused. Or, at, <sighs> <sighs> my God, I'm being such a boo hey. <laughs> Okay, um, it's like it's rumored to include a subterranean tomb for a really creepy rich family that could be accessed by thirteen steps that led to their final resting place, or the final resting place of every damned soul in history, as legend has it that descending the entire staircase led you to the glimpse of hell itself. Wow, the cemetery's been around since nineteen o one, though the crypt itself they has been lost in time as have the stairs themselves which have been bulldozed and covered in concrete what that hasn't stopped curious paranormal investigators from tr trespassing on the secluded private property allegedly showing up at the cemetery at night eager to unearth it via nocturnal excavation excavation missions and being greeted by the cemetery's other's aspirations. Okay. That reminds me of that creepy movie, The Exorcist. You know which one I'm talking about when it has the stairs that are going downstairs? The stairs going downstairs. Like, it goes down, like, in the movie, and I think the, yeah. I think it's the one where, in the end, he dies on them. It's been a while since I've seen The Exorcist. But I remember them talking about when they were making that movie, they felt like those stairs were cursed because... There was a lot of accidents that happened on those stairs. Oh. So it kind of reminds me of that. That's interesting. It is. So, hmm. So I'm thinking for like next week, mm -hmm. I think we should talk about like supernatural creatures. <clears throat> like, like the Yeti? Yeah. Like that's, okay, yeah, I've had a lot of, um, let's say requests for that actually. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we, we, we could probably do that. Well, just like, um, there's one, um, I was looking things up, and there's, like, a sort of Loch Ness monster they think is in Lake Superior. Really? And the only reason that, like, piqued my interest is because one night I was staying, um, 
at my friend's house, and they have a cabin on Lake Superior. And I know this wasn't that creature, but I remember us sitting out there by the bonfire and something swimming by, and it was really long, and it was kind of creepy. <laughs> um, yeah. And so my mind wanders like, oh, yeah, it was like Loch Ness Monster or something like that. But I think it really was just a big water snake. Oh, yeah. But then yeah. when I was looking stuff up, they do have a story. Um, I'd have to look up the name again. I think the name starts with a P, but in Lake Superior, they do think they have a water monster. So things like that, I think that would be cool huh. to research it. Yeah. So, so what? Yeah. I think Ethan might be able to help us with some of that. He he watches the YouTube a lot. And he, and he shouldn't, but he absorbs that information. And like when he wants to have a conversation about something, he'll watch like a YouTube video on it first and then like come to me with this information talking like a little grown man that knows what he's talking about. It's the cutest thing. But he's asked me stories about things that like he's, he's obsessed with the Megalodon oh. and wants to know if that was ever real. Now there's some people that say yes and they found things and some people are like, no, it's a hoax. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that might be interesting to yeah, that'll be cool to talk about. I don't like sharks. That's one of my biggest fears. Sharks no. and tornadoes. And people are like, have you ever seen Sharknado? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I can't help what my fears are. They just are. <laughs> but anyway, this is episode four. And thank you all for listening. Again, email us uh, questions, comments, concerns even. Yeah. Um, even personal questions, maybe you want Mom and Mary to try to answer for you. Tell us what we're sucking at. Give us some, um, what's that called? Some, uh, well, criticism. Feedback. Uh, feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a feedback. people are going to say, wow, maybe you guys want to practice a little more before well, you Yeah, but that takes the fun out of it. Yeah. You're not, we, we do, what we're talking about is some of it's serious or supposed to be scary, but this is our own twist on it. Mm -hmm. We're just letting you guys into our conversations because when we do get together, even when we're not recording, we still do talk about paranormal stuff because it's something that we enjoy talking about. Um, but anyway... Email us. It's paranormalxl at writeme.com. Like I said, questions, um, ideas. Send us your ideas. It'd be great. Um, we join will. our group, our paranormal Oh, group yeah. On Facebook. Be part of the PXL crew. Mm -hmm. We will get more information on that shortly. We've got some more things in the works this weekend to get us set up. So if you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, you will be able to know what the heck that even is. It's exciting. Um, we do have a couple people added to the crew, which right, I was yeah, super excited about. Yeah, it's been less than a week, so yeah. that, that's pretty awesome. Um, I say subscribe on YouTube. Also, don't forget to subscribe on any listening um, app that you are listening to us on, like Stitcher and whatnot. Um, you can subscribe. That way you're not missing any of the episodes. Um but especially YouTube, it, I, that's going to be a fun one, I think. That's just yeah. some extra we kind of wanted to throw out there. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to listen to us talk about the paranormal stuff, but if it's something that we're talking about and we can actually go investigate it, I want to take you guys all with us versus just talking about it on an episode. So yeah, this was today I want to go to that Quaker Cemetery that's over in Nashville on Guy Road. It's a yes. very old cemetery, obviously, because it's a Quaker cemetery. But the one thing that drew me to going to look at that cemetery at all is I remember driving by and getting a, a feeling that I needed to go there and I saw a bunch of crows take off flight when I started thinking about it and fly towards the cemetery. And the moment that I drove up there and I sat, all of a sudden a little girl started communicating with me and showing me herself by the tree in the very far back. And she really didn't say much. All I got really from her was that she was standing there and waiting for something and that there's nobody there to talk to her. She's just waiting. So we're going to go talk to her? Yeah. She's not boo hag, is she? No. Because those sound scary. No. That's no. what I'm going to call people that I... A boo hag. Yeah. That's going to be a new word. I say, not that I don't like, because I like everybody, but that I just don't mm. want to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, Zen. <laughs>
Okay, this episode will come out shortly after that. So will the YouTube video. So go check it out. Like I said, type in Paranormal XL on anything you can. That's going to bring us up. We do use the same picture. So as long as you see it, say Paranormal XL. It's got the little ghostly hands. Mm -hmm. That is us. So we are signed. Oh, oh. Mm. One more thing. Oh, yeah. Do not yuck someone else's yum i said it i'm so proud of myself all right guys thank you so much for listening yeah we'll talk to you next time